With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Cricket Corner podcast with me, Vassal Vora. I'm here to review and look back at the game between India and Pakistan in the Asia Cup. Well, yes, it got rained off in the end and uh, both sides ended up taking one point each which means that Pakistan have now already qualified for the Super Force while India need to beat Nepal. Shouldn't be, an op- shouldn't be a problem, to be honest with you. But yeah, uh, despite the game being just one, in, just one innings and India batted for 50 overs and Pakistan didn't, there's so much talking points and I have so many points to cover. So yeah, make sure you're liking, sharing and subscribing on YouTube. If you are watching this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and make sure you're giving me those five-star ratings and following there as well. And without any further ado, let's let's get going and talk about Team India's batting performance because in the end, that's the only thing which uh, us Indian fans saw because unfortunately, due to the weather, we were not able to see how good or bad did we bowl. But uh, there's, there's so much to talk about when it comes to the Indian batting and uh, credit to the Pakistan bowling as well, about which we will talk later on in this podcast but yeah let's let's start by talking about the Indian batting India won the toss and elected to bat first at the Palikeli Stadium in Sri Lanka I think it was in Kandy I think that was a surprising decision don't get me wrong because there was rain in the air and even when there was the early stages of the game there were already two interventions due to rain and from someone like me from the outside, that is, I felt like the decision to win the toss and bat first was kind of not the right one because it is a general rule of thumb in a game of cricket, particularly in limited overs format cricket, that whenever there's rain around there's uh, and, and there's a possibility that the game might be affected due to rain, you decide to bowl first because that puts you in a really handy situation when it comes to the Duckworth-Lewis method towards the end. But I... I'm assuming the pitch was really good and Team India wanted to stamp their authority and that's why they've decided to bat first. But that leads me to my first talking point and that is yet again the top order has failed to materialize and still and failed to capitalize on the opportunity which was given to them in the palm of their hands, to be honest. And I think it's it's always it's already been like six months since I've started this cricket corner podcast and uh, we have covered a lot of test cricket on this channel and one thing remains constant regardless of the format which team india plays in and that is that the top order regardless of the format doesn't doesn't perform we have seen it in the test matches as well now we are seeing it in the one day internationals as well that the top order is really struggling to get going and it is a worrying sign for a team like india who really has some of the finest top-order batsmen across international cricket. And it's even more worrying that we are just a month and a half away from the World Cup and the top order is not firing at all. Now, yes, the sample size for one-day international is just one game. But 
But the point remains the same, doesn't it? That why is our top order not performing? Rohit Sharma opened the innings with Shubman Gill and they, both of them didn't look to to settle. They, they were like, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure what's the right word. Were they scared to face this Pakistan bowling attack? Because as I mentioned, we are going to talk about them in just a moment. But Pakistan's bowling attack is one of the best in the world. And it kind of showed today why why they have been given that tag. And were, were they tentative? Were they negative? People like Rohit Sharma and Shubman Gill? Because if you look back at the highlights, or you might have noticed this if you're, if you're watching the game live on television or in the stadium, they weren't moving their feet too often. Like someone like Virat Kohli, he moves his feet around, gets in the line of the ball and uh, plays his shots. That's a sign of confidence. If a batsman is not moving his feet around and he's stuck, and he's stuck on, in the crease, plays on the back foot, goes on the front foot, and, but is stuck on the crease, that's, for me personally, that is a sign that the batsman is struggling, the batsman is not in confidence, and that is a major issue which Team India need to resolve ASAP. Now, the top order, as I mentioned, I have my phone here right in front of me, and we are going to, I'm just having a look at the Indian scorecard. So, as I mentioned, Rohit Sharma and Shubman Gill opened the innings. Rohit Sharma did hit a couple of boundaries, but uh, as I said, he wasn't looking at his finest. He just scored 11 runs before being cleaned cleaned up by Shaheen Shah Afridi. And what a bowler he is, Shaheen Shah Afridi. I'm really looking forward to talking about him in just a moment. Him, Nasim Shah, and Haris Rao. Yeah, the quality bowlers, but the way the ball, that in-swinger to get Rohit Sharma was probably the ball of the match, to be honest with you, regardless of how well the other bowlers bowled. I think that particular delivery was the one that caught my eye in a way. And it was really heartbreaking to see someone like Rohit Sharma, quality batsman, one of the finest limited overs player, not only that India has produced, but across the world. But seeing him uh, and seeing him, the ball going through the bat and pad gap, it was it was heartbreaking to see, to be honest. Shubman Gill did score 10 runs. He played 32 deliveries, though. At one point in time, I think it was just one run of 14 deliveries. Really struggled to get going. And he was cleaned up by Harris Rauf inside edge onto the stumps. However, the second wicket to fall was that of Virat Kohli. Four runs of seven deliveries. Wonderful cover drive to get off the mark. And it felt like, oh, yes, here we go. Virat Kohli against, against Pakistan on the high... On the big stage of international cricket, we are going to get some few runs here and there. But no, that wasn't the case at all. And Virat Kohli also inside-edged onto the stumps. Felt like the ball kept a little low, to be honest. Not as straightforward as probably someone like Shubman Gill was dismissed by Haris Rauf. But again, Shaheen Shah really getting the better of a quality Indian batsman. And, um, and in no point in time, it felt like the team... the, the the top order is going to contribute because uh, let me just have a look. At the, at the end of 6.3 overs, India were already 27 for 2 and they had lost two of their best batsmen in the form of Rohit Sharma and Virat Kohli in the opening 6 overs. Now, if you lose opening your two best players in the first 6 overs in a T20 international, that's a worrying sign, let alone a one-day one day international. In a one-day international, you still have 44 overs remaining and they've already lost two of your best players. In T20, you can kind of understand Six overs gone, two batsmen gone. There's still a lot of to, lot of good players to come, and you just have to play another 14 overs. So that doesn't make a lot of a big difference. But in a one-day international, it's really difficult for the middle order to not only get settled into it 
into the wicket but then play a prolonged innings now you you can may expect someone like shreyas ayer and kl rahul to do that but let's say if they have an off day as well then you are expect even you are backing on the likes of hardik pandya and uh, ravindra jadeja to bail you out which it's possible in t20 cricket when they are coming out to bat for just like five or six overs but when you expect them to bat for 35 40 overs that's not a good look at the top order and i'm really really disappointed by the way indian top order is going rohit sharma has not been in the best of forms heading into the asia cup and towards the world cup and i think today was the opportunity for him to stamp his authority on this batting side on this batting lineup he's already come out and said before the asia cup that he's wanting to go back to his 2019 mentality you know the way the, you know the time when he was a completely in one of his best forms in his career 500s in the 2019 world cup but but that rohit sharma is long gone as far as team india is concerned and i despite being an indian fan it's really disarming to see that and uh, yeah it's you might comment and say it's just one game but even that one game against pakistan was really disappointing to see shreyas ayer was by the way at number 4 good to see him back after a prolonged period of injury i think he last played in the border gavaskar trophy back in february so what is that like a good 7 months after which uh, we are seeing uh, sorry we are seeing shreyas ayer uh, good innings to be honest with you 14 runs now yes a low score but he looked good in those 14 runs i am trying to get some positives out of this team india batting and i think shreyas ayer looked comfortable looked calm and the way he was dismissed he was kind of unlucky tried to pull of haris rao uh, unfortunately there was a fakar zaman right there at uh, what was it mid wicket short mid wicket and he was he was straight down his throat and he uh, took a wonderful catch there so shreyas ayer even though it looked good the innings was cut short because of unluckiness probably didn't time the ball him well himself but yeah so when uh, shreyas ayer was dismissed it was 9.5 overs so you can say 10 overs and india were already 48 for 3 and then came the all important partnership between ishan kishan and hardik pandya now credit when credit is due there was a lot of peop- there was a lot of doubts surrounding the selection of ishan kishan in this asia cup squad which is going to be the similar squad to what india will pick for the world cup as well uh, not only was was he not in good form we saw it in the west indies series as well he had a few iffy games here and there even though he had a good score as well but he wasn't uh, the first choice as far as indian fans are concerned people were like thinking why are we picking someone like ishan kishan why not pick someone like uh, sanju samson uh, or probably surya kumar yadav but uh, he, again kl rahul's injury meant that we needed a wicket keeper and kishan kishan was the only one in the squad so he was guaranteed for a place for a starting ele- for a place in the starting 11 against pakistan and uh, even when we all knew that someone like ishan kishan is going to play against pakistan people were upset that the team india might change the batting order put him at number number 3 or possibly open the innings with him along with rohit sharma then have shubman gill at number 3 and virat kohli at number 4 which doesn't look good when you are cropping and changing your batting lineup just to make one player fit in and even that one player is not a starting regular starter when you have a full strength squad so it was kind of disappointing credit to team indian t20 
Team India's management that has stuck with their batting lineup decided to go with Kohli at three, Shreyas Iyer at four, and Ishan Kishan at five. And today it showed that, <coughs> sorry, today it kind of showed that Ishan Kishan is very much capable of playing in the middle order. And he came after just ten overs and he just took the game away from the Pakistani fast bowlers. Him along with Hardik Pandya, two former Mumbai Indians uh, teammates in a way. Uh, they really took the game away from Pakistan. Uh, Ishan Kishan, 82 of 81 deliveries. He, it kind of reminded me of Rishabh Pant in a test match because there have been so many instances that Rishabh Pant has to come out to bat early in a test match because the top order and the upper middle order has collapsed. You're coming in at, let's say, 90 for 4, 90 for 5. And then you have seen countless times that Rishabh Pant counterattacks and he counterattacks really well, takes the game to the opposition, doesn't allow the opposition bowler to settle in. I saw similar kind of an innings from Ishan Kishan in this one-day international against Pakistan. Nine fours and two sixes as well. Really, really good innings. There were some really, how shall I put it, um, risky shots, uh, but I think he backs himself to clear the fielders all the time. There were some wonderful straight drives and cover drives as well, which was which are, which are always classy to see when a left-hander plays them. But yeah, really, really good innings. And it kind of solidifies his place in this Team India uh, ODI setup as well now. I, I still assume that if KL Rahul is fit, he'll walk into this 11 at, at the at the cost of Ishan Kishan in the starting 11. But yet again, I think so. He has really solidified his place. I think it is very difficult for someone like Sanju Samson now to come into the side and regain or retain his place. But again, it will be interesting to see what happens when KL Rahul is fit. Do they stick with someone like Ishan Kishan because he's given you a really good innings and you don't want that momentum to die down all of a sudden. I'm pretty sure that he's going to play against Nepal as well. But his selection in the Super Force, assuming India beat Nepal, which we are all assuming they would, will he keep his place or will Team India and Rahul Dravid decide that uh, KL Rahul is our first choice? He needs game time because similar to Shreya Sayar, he's not played cricket in good five or six months. So we want him to get some match fitness as well. Who knows? That's a really tricky decision as far as the Indian management is concerned. But there is an old cliche saying that when you have too many good players in one position. It's a good headache to have for a manager or for a head coach. And I feel like that's one of the good, one of the better headaches that Team India have had after a disastrous time post-IPL heading into the World Cup. Credit when credit is due for to Hardik Pandya as well. He had a really good partnership there with uh, Ishan Kishan. Hardik Pandya himself scoring 87 of 90 deliveries, 7 fours and a 6 in his innings as well. He was kind of playing the supportive role to uh, someone like Ishan Kishan because he knew he was the much more senior player and he, he himself saw, Hadik Pandya himself saw that he should remain till the end because we all know Hadik Pandya is capable of hitting those big shots out of the ground all the time. Ishan Kishan is capable of doing that as well, but uh, I think Hadik Pandya assumed the role of, you know, he, uh, like anal like analyzing the the gameplay, he was anchoring the innings, playing at a good run rate as well. Not not anchoring at the cost of the strike rate, but anchoring along, giving those singles, playing those ones and twos here and there, 
and he assumed that he would be the finisher. Unfortunately for Team India, that didn't happen because he was dismissed for 87. But very, very healthy contribution from Ishan Kishan and Hardik Pandya. It's, once again, I'm comparing it to the test match because test side, because the parallels are so, so close to one another that once again, the top order has failed and you have relied on your lower order to get you out of jail. In test, it's probably Akshar Patel and Ravinder Jadeja and Ravinder Ashwin, while here it was Hardik Pandya and Ishan Kishan. But the point remains the same, as I've mentioned already. But however, once Hardik Pandya was dismissed, uh, I think he was dismissed on the 43rd over when the score was 239. Not much happened after that. Ravinder Jadeja, 14. Kuldeep Yadav, just four. A good cameo from Jaspreet Bumrah, four boundaries on his way to 16 or 14 deliveries. So, yeah, healthy contribution with the bat by someone like uh, Jaspreet Bumrah. Good to see him back. Unfortunately, we did not see him bowl today, but uh, he was really good with the bat. And Siraj was not out on one. So that meant that India had posted a total of 266, giving the target to Pakistan of 267. Unfortunately, Pakistan did not come out to bat because of the rain. But I, I'm sure, similar to how India took the positives out of Ishan Kishan and Hardik Pandya's batting, I think there are a lot more positives when it comes to Pakistan because, once again, their bowling attack was absolutely phenomenal. Bef even before the Asia Cup started, we were all talking about the likes of Shaheen Shah, Pridi, Naseem Shah and Haris Rao. And the trio didn't disappoint. They were they were just brilliant. I think this is probably the best fast bowling attack leading into the world leading into the World Cup. There's obviously the likes of Australia with Stark coming and Hazelwood. That obviously South Africa with Rabada and Gidi, Nokia, Marco Jansen, Keshav Maharaj, who is a spinner, but the point remains the same. Uh, they they have some fantastic bowling lineup as well. But Pakistan is just Pakistan. I think. I tweeted it out myself that we all knew Shaheen Shah Afridi was going to take wickets with the new ball in his very first spell. And unfortunately for us Indian fans, that happened. He dismissed both Rohit Sharma and Virat Kohli. We have seen this time and time again from someone like Shaheen Shah Afridi. And, and more recently as well, he's played in the Big Bash League. He played against Afghanistan in the one-day international, three-match one-day international series prior to the Asia Cup. And time and time again, he takes wicket, takes wickets with the new ball in his first over or in his second over or in his first spell altogether. Now, there is an argument that can be made that after this ball is swinging is done, he's kind, kind of expensive towards the latter stages of a limited overs game. But the damage has is already been done. It, it doesn't matter if you are... Uh, giving runs at six and a half, seven runs and over in a one-day international when I've already picked up three early wickets and you, have this, and you have sent three of your opposition's best batsmen back into the pavilion, you can then afford to give away a few runs because he bowls attacking line and length. He bowls full. He, he wants the ball to swing away. He's not shy to pitch the ball right up there. Well, if the batsman is good enough, he'll hit you for a cover drive for a four or a six, but then you just have to stand there and clap your opposition batsman because he's done a good job there but there is so, there is a really large possibility that the batsman who is not settled in early on in these innings he's going to find 
it's really difficult to play your swinging deliveries and you get the wickets and that's exactly what uh, Shaheen Shah Afridi has done. He was really, he was really excellent. If this match deserved a man of the match award, I would have definitely given it to Shaheen Shah Afridi. 10 overs, 2 maidens, 4 for 35. Yeah, again, I, I'm talking about him being expensive. He was not that expensive. 4 for 35 is a really good, good, good economy of just 3.5 runs per over that's probably acceptable in a test match as well if you personally ask me but yeah outstanding bowler and i think what Makram said in in commentary that there is still room for him to improve he's got a wonderful in swinger to right handers but he needs to develop a beautiful out swinger as well to make him a complete bowler but he was once again credited brilliantly uh, uh, by Nasim shah 8.5 overs 3 for 36 for him uh, 4.1 runs and over, Nasim Shah was excellent as well. He was much more controlled and much more economical in the opening stages of India's innings. There was a few balls which were going down the leg side for wides and one of them even went for a boundary. But that's the risk you have when you are a swing, uh, you're a swing bowler, fast swing, swing bowler. I think you can uh, cut him some slack there. I think Nasim Shah was excellent. So was Haris Rao. Haris Rao is also picking up three wickets, 58 runs conceded at an economy rate of 6.4. Haris Rao is probably the fastest bowler in this Pakistan lineup. And we all know he's going to go for runs, but I think the Pakistan management is fine with that because, like I said with Shahin Shah Freedy, you can go with, you, you can go at six and a half, seven runs per over, but if you are getting those three, four wickets, I think it's acceptable that you are going to give away runs. He's not at least not compromising with his pace. And that's the reason why Haris Rao is the first change once Shahin Shah Afridi or Nasim Shah have bowled their opening quota or their opening spell. Question to you viewers uh, and listeners if you are watching uh, or if you are listening this on, on the audio platforms. Would Pakistan have chased down 267? if the rain hadn't intervened and they have gotten full quota of 50 overs? Really tricky question to answer, to be honest, because even India had some quality bowlers in their ranks. Bumrah was back. There was Siraj, Shadul Thakur, Kuldeep Yadav, Hardik Pandya, Ravindra Jadeja. I think the bowling unit of Pakistan is a lot better. Not a lot better, but slightly better than Team India. But I personally would have felt that Team India might have struggled to contain the likes of Fakhar Zaman, Imamul Haq, Mohammad Rizwan and Babar Azam, even Iftikhar Ahmed and Shadab Khan, they had some really good batting lineup as well to command, to complement their bowling lineup, the Pakistan team. It would have been a tall, tall order. Pakistan might have just edged it, to be honest with you, because the pitch was kind of good and 267 is not that of a big total in one day international these days. A scored closer to through 350 against Nepal. It was Nepal, but still, their batsmen are in good form. Babar Azam, 1900 in uh, limit uh, in one-day internationals. He's in some of his best forms of his life. So there is a possibility that Pakistan would have chased this down. In the end, a point, point each, uh, there is a possibility, a very high possibility that India will face Pakistan twice in the Super Fours, twice or once, I'm uh, not quite sure, to be honest, but at least they're going to play one once again, provided India beat Nepal. Let me just check when is that game going to take 
place i think uh, team india will be in a very good position heading into the into the nepal game it, let's assume that the rain doesn't intervene there i think win the toss bat first give some confidence to your opening batsmen the likes of rohit sharma shubman gill and virat kohli let's see where where the score takes because you badly need a good result against nepal uh, i just checked the game against nepal is on monday which is in two days time so not a lot of rest but team india doesn't need rest because they have played just half a one day international so yeah that was my quick thoughts i thought it would be a quick podcast but as i'm seeing this on my screen it's already 24 minutes long but there were so many talking points after just uh, half a half of one day international positives for team india some negatives as well positives for pakistan certainly as they look set to win the asia cup for just a third time in their in their in their history but that's still a long way away uh, yeah thanks for tuning in as i mentioned if you are enjoyed or liked what i said on this podcast then make sure you are liking sharing subscribing doing those youtube cliche things and if you are listening this on spotify or apple podcast and make sure you are giving me those wonderful five star ratings and following me with the notifications on so you know when i upload my next podcast however for the time being this is me whatsalvora signing off ciao for now sports social podcast network